Gully's big and bold radio conversation. There's always something going on. Your radio doctor, business, everything tech, and Rwanda's green agenda, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Welcome to our broadcast. My name is Jesse, the African son. I'm here with the ever smiling Ephraim. How are you, my brother? I'm very all right. No, how are you I'm super good? excited about uh, this series mm-hmm. that we just about to touch on. Mm. I know we've been talking about financial forecasting and all of that cash flow management. Mm-hmm. What we said, cash is king. Mm-hmm. And now we get into that part where we talk about something which is very personal to me, selling. I am normally regarded as an accidental salesman. I never had any intentions of doing something as as this. Mm, but do you know that everybody sells at every single time? Yeah, I have read actually a book that everyone sells and everyone should be selling. Our, ex- our very existence is sales. Exactly. Yeah. Every idea that you cause someone to buy into yeah. Even if it were just to go for a trip. Even your fashion sense, like Jesse, you're looking dapper, you're in a suit. And there's a reason why you wore that suit, right? Yeah. You had meetings. I had meetings to make yeah, a sale. I'm, I'm in a t-shirt. <laughs> you're in a suit because you had meetings. And the reason why you did that was it was part of sales, you know? You're trying to sell your level of seriousness, even though we know you're not, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's get down to this conversation. It is the art of effective sales communication. That's mm. going to be our first episode. Mm. And welcome to this year, another episode. We thank you guys who have listened in yeah. and given us immense feedback yeah. on the previous episodes that we have had. Yeah. Ephraim, what's your take on the importance of communication in sales? And why is it such a big deal? Okay, so... I'm going to try. If I start, sales is such a broad topic. If Once I start talking about sales, I don't think I can stop. Um, so I'm going to try to keep it concise and straight to the point. Mm. Like I said, you are, you wore a suit today. Again, you're looking dapper. Thank you. Um, blue shirt, navy blue tie, navy blue sh- uh, suit with brown shoes, matching belt. Again, dapper. Now, you are trying to communicate or at least tell a story. Mm. Yes? No. Yeah, very true. So you're trying to tell a story to the people who you're going to meet today, yeah. the, the, the very serious meetings you were heading for. You're trying to tell people, look, I'm coming to you and I'm taking our time together seriously enough to wear the appropriate attire for you to feel like I respect this meeting that we're having. You are trying to sell. What in the process of selling was communication. At the heart of sales is communication. Mm-hmm. There's a sales channel. You have identification, you have research, you have the decision, and you have the experience, Mm. right? Mm. So when you look at the stages a person goes through to purchase something or to either purchase a service, purchase a product, buy into you as a person, buy into your vision, buy into this podcast, they go through those four stages, whether they like it or not. So identification is the first stage. Identification is where they determine that like, okay, I have noticed that this thing exists, this particular thing that might solve a need that I probably or possibly have. That's the first stage, identification. Mm. The next stage is to verify, which is now the research stage, whether that thing actually offers, can actually deliver on the promise that they saw when they identified it. Mm -hmm. That's the second stage. When they are confident that through that research, that the sales promise that they identified at the first stage 
can be done. That's when a decision they is made. made. And then now they experience the product. Then they come back. If the experience the experience is good, they come back. They buy more. And so it's a it's a feedback loop that 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 continuously works. Identifying, research, decision, experience. Now to move through all of that, let's talk of identification. The first stage. For a customer to identify or somebody who, who you're trying to sell to, to identify what you're trying to sell, and this is the sales promise, they actually have to see. Mm-hmm. Identification in of itself is to identify. So that identification can only happen when you communicate to that person that, hey, this exists. This is the sales promise. Mm-hmm. For X amount of money, I can solve X, Y, Z for you. That's the first stage. Mm-hmm. Research. Now the person sees and is like, can this thing do what it says it can do? Jesse has told me that he's a serious businessman wearing his suit, coming to our office to have these discussions about, I don't know, some service he's trying to sell us or some product he's trying to offer us. Now Jesse comes. Okay. For me as the person who is receiving Jesse in the suit, I have to do my research to determine whether Jesse is as serious as he has presented himself. Do the background checks. Even just the talking. You talk and they're like, eh, I don't know. Here, there's no substance. <laughs> they're like, this one, it's, it's just hype. It's just packaging. But the substance on the inside is not there. But seriously, though, if you communicate well at the research stage. So now, let me take it now from a practical perspective of a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say I'm trying to sell this podcast. So you see on social media, we'll put the, 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 the flyer, uh, living entrepreneurship will put sales, sell anything, or the sales promise, or whatever this this episode is going to be called, mm. and and we put it out there, and then we put a bit of wording, we put some emojis, and we're like, hey, new episode alert, please tune in. If you're having issues trying to sell this, 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 you are going to see the post. You have identified it. We communicated to you that it exists. But then what's going to happen is that you're going to do a bit of research. To find out if we actually factual and authentic. So you're going to listen to the first few minutes of this podcast and be like, mm, um, it, yeah, or maybe no. Now, there's still communication that happens. Mm. Then after that happens, now the decision to actually purchase is communication as well. Because part of the, um, when you deliver a product to a customer, you don't just deliver the product to the customer. There's a lot of, of, of work that goes around packaging how you deliver it. Mm-hmm. That's why you find, when you think of the packaging industry in the world, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, packaging alone. Someone would be like, but the, someone is getting the product, they're going to experience the product, why should we stress ourselves when it comes to packaging? But at the end of the day, at that point when it comes to the decision, mm. even what you package, how you deliver the, the product or the service to the customer is part of communication. Now, then you get to the last point of experience. There's the after-sales service. You need to ask the customer, are you experiencing the product as we said it was going to be? Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed your expectations? Did it disappoint? So that we can figure out if we need to improve or we need to continue. So that we can know whether we are on the right track or not. And so communication happens at, every four st- at all the four stages of the, of the buying decision, of the sales channel. And so... I will say that communication is sales. You can't avoid communication in sales. You can't go and try to sell a product and keep quiet. There are some people I know, actually one is a customer, and they're so fixated. They have a really brilliant product. They're so fixated with keeping it a secret because they're scared someone will steal the idea. 
Um, and I keep telling them, like, at some point, you're going to have to market this product. But are you trying to say that for you to be a good seller, you only can be a good communicator? And short of that, you forget this role. You've said it. I think we can end this episode and we can close it here because that's exactly it. If you cannot tell a customer, hey, we have something for you. We have something that can, that can help you. We have something that can take you from one point to the next point. Something that can actually improve your business or can make your life better or make your relationships more fulfilling. At the end of the day, you, you, you're not going to sell anything. So to be able to sell, you need to be able to be a storyteller. You need to cultivate it. And I know that some people who are introverts and are like, oh, I don't know how to do that. You have to learn. You have to learn. Actually, crazy enough, I've noticed that introverts are normally the best at selling because they're, they're, they spend so much time in their heads. Hmm. And we're going to get to that about empathetic listening and the active listening and the, the role of empathy in sales. But the reality is, is that if you can develop that ability to tell a story, describe your product or service, to describe yourself as an individual in the right kind of words, you'd be surprised. I'll give you a simple example. For me, there's one time I remember I was on a panel, I think it was during Youth Connect. And I was on a panel with different people from different institutions. I think there was a World Bank there. There were a bunch of, um, it was about pretty much where does capital come from? Mm -hmm. And I remember telling guys, I'm like, man, capital is everywhere. Like money, you don't actually have to chase money. And that was my own personal experience. Out of the investors that I interacted with and I got capital from, I, very few of them did I actually approach. Actually, truth be told, let me see. Maybe out of 10, I only approached one. So you were just telling your story? And somebody bought into my story. And said, we want to do something with exactly. you. Exactly. And so you realize that if you can tell your story very well, sell yourself, investors will come. If you can sell your product very well, communicate it very well, customers will come. If you can sell your vision very well, employees will come. Good quality employees. In your stages here, you speak identification, research, decision-making, and experience. Uh, on the area of research, mm. is, it, is this a two-way thing in the process? Is it the seller who is doing the research, or is it the buyer who is doing the research on the seller? So this is actually very, I love the fact that you brought this up. So do you remember we talked about strategy in, I think it was episode two. We talked about strategy mm -hmm. for small businesses, the business plan. And I said that you need to focus on the, th the four W's, right? So there's your what? I'm actually, we're in school, so you're my student. Uh -huh. you so what are the your, four W's? Your what, your uh -huh. why, uh -huh. your who, uh -huh. your where. Uh -huh. Your way, you your way, yeah. Yeah, your how. So, 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 so coming back to now your, your who, one of the biggest mistakes a lot of entrepreneurs do, especially when it comes to effective sell selling, is they don't identify who that customer is going to be. Mm. And they don't narrow that down. And that's why you find part of continuously monitoring and, and, and evaluating your business is trying to determine who are my best customers. Because you might be surprised, like I'm here, thinking that the people who listen to this podcast, majority are existing business owners. You might find it's actually people who are trying to go into business. And so then I can tailor make, once I get that data and that information, I can tailor make the content for that customer. So I have to do the research before on the who, right? Mm -hmm. But the customer is also going to do research on you. And so that's why you need to make sure that you have enough content to satisfy that research. And now this is a crazy thing that people don't know. To, you need to cut the distance between identification and research. 
actually a customer has to identify the product and be able to do the research and be satisfied with it at the same point. If you can do that, you're going to sell like crazy. Because what normally happens is that people lose customers in that research phase. By the research is one of the, is where your business is. Because you can market your product and people know it and they're identified. Mm-hmm. But that research phase, that research stage, if you don't give enough the, time, if you don't give mm-hmm. enough enough content, if the customer is not satisfied that, hey, these people can actually deliver on this, this sales promise they've given me, you're not going to get the decision. Let's talk about active listening. Mm-hmm. We often hear people talking about active listening. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to explain what it means and how it impacts their sales conversations. So... Um, in relation to what you've just, the question you asked me about reverse research, active listening is tied to empathetic listening. Mm. And empathy is at the core of, of meeting a customer's need. What is empathy? Empathy is literally putting yourself in someone else's shoes. What does it feel like to be Jesse? Jesse is a media mogul, the boss of Media City, running X, Y, and Z. What does it mean? If I'm going to sell him a service, let's say I'm trying to let's say sell consultancy services to him, business advisory services. What is his biggest point, pain point for mm-hmm. me to come and package it before I communicate my, my, my sales promise to him? Mm-hmm. So part of that is now actively listening. Now, active listening doesn't necessarily mean looking for the person and sitting down because not all your customers are going to give you that time. And another thing, most customers don't know what they need in its full entirety. That's where now innovation comes in and you give them something that really blows their minds and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know I needed this. Like when you take Apple, who knew that people needed to have, have all their music in their phone? And then when they went a, a, first, a step further, who knew that you needed a, a, a camera, a high level definition camera in your phone? Oh, okay. We went a step further. Who knew that you needed a, a full computer processing, the full computer processing capacity that we find in a normal computer in your phone? Oh, who knew that we needed internet in our phone? And it went on and on and on. If you had asked the customers, what do you need? They wouldn't have said, I need a camera. Mm. But now you take a step back and you're like, okay, we're going to do empathetic listening. We're going to try to figure out what does this customer need? Watch for trends. Watch for behavior. Watch for where you see a lot of complaints and a lot of dissatisfaction. Look for gaps. And that's another episode, another series we'll talk about when it comes to opportunities. I know you want to end me here, but this is what I'm going to say. For you to be able to be an effective salesperson, you need to have the skill of communication. You have to be able to be empathetic and a good listener. We just had an experience uh, earlier this week where we spoke to a customer who said, I have the money to spend Mm -hmm. and I need this service. Mm -hmm. But it was not clear to us what the end-to-end was. Mm -hmm. And so we said, yes, we understand you. You have the money to spend. Mm -hmm. But instead of us sending you quotations, Mm -hmm. we want to first understand clearly that you might be able to answer a few questions that we have Mm -hmm. before we can then give you a solution Mm -hmm. that might help you to mitigate issues that might come through in the future. Mm -hmm. And we went there and were just listening Mm -hmm. and we started now to identify that he's been misinformed about a few things. Mm -hmm. We aligned Mm -hmm. and then we say, now we're in a better position to make you a quotation that fits into your budget. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We have to end here uh, for the first part of this particular episode and then be back in just a few.
Radio Doctor. Business, everything tech, and Rwanda's Green Agenda. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Welcome back to this broadcast. We are happy that you are here and we get to learn every week on uh, the different things that we should apply in our business. Remember last time, Ephraim mentioned that you got to be intentional. So every time you have this episode running and it's been put online, grab your pen and paper and write down a couple of things that you might want to apply. Mm-hmm. I also just need to mention this. Ephraim is a five-star trainer and consultant on areas to do with entrepreneurship. He's lived the journey for so many years. He started from selling sweets, and now he can sell a nation. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning every day. Okay. Yeah. Ephraim, let's talk about mistakes that happen. We know mistakes happen to the best of us. Mm-hmm. A cell can go totally so right, mm-hmm. but a cell can also go wrong. Would you like to share a funny or memorable story about uh, a communication blunder you've ever made in a cell speech? <laughs> okay, so this one, this one. This one is not mine. Um, it belongs to my mother. <laughs> so, so she's a, prof- a professional, working professional, but she, she also has a business. And so this business sells, um, it's a deli. So it sells f- fresh produce. So fruits, vegetables, meat, and all that kind of stuff. So she got a new, a new employee. Mm. And so this guy um, comes in. So... Again, delegation, she's a working professional, so she, she assumed, and again, she assumed that this guy had received the necessary training from his fellow colleagues because mm. that was the instruction she gave them. Um, and so he had, he had been trained on, on the pricing and everything. And so regularly on the weekend or after work, she would normally go and sit in her shop um, and she would just monitor what's going on. So one time she's sitting there and she sees a client a woman talking to this new employee. Like, I think the woman was inquiring about pricing. And then she, you can see the woman all of a sudden gets upset and leaves. My mother sees it, but she's like, okay, maybe, I don't know. She just ignores it. Now a guy comes in, he, another guy comes in, a customer. So the guy comes in, he sees, he sees the, he sees the new employee, goes to him. The guy starts explaining. I don't know what he's explaining. Didn't even take, same like the woman, didn't even take 10 seconds. Now he lost his, he, he raised his voice. So my mom overheard what the issue was. She's like, ah, you guys are very expensive. And he rushes out the, out the shop. So my mom, is, my mom turns to the guy, what is he saying? Says, ah, no, he's saying our prices are high. What did you just tell him? Now, mind you, we're talking of like sweet potatoes, tomatoes and everything. Mm-hmm. I think the particular product the guy had asked about was 500 francs a kilo. The guy apparently told the guy it was 3,500 francs a kilo times seven. Wow. So obviously my mom is like, what? She sends another worker after the guy, tells the guy to come back, tells the guy, I'm really sorry, this is a new employee, what, 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 what. So that, they, they finish the transaction, the guy goes. She asks the guy, do you know the prices? The new, the new employee. Mm. Do you know the prices? The guy's like, yeah, I know the prices. Okay, she's like, how much is that? Man, you'd think <laughs> this guy, I don't know where he was picking his prices from. And he, he had so much confidence. It was so hilarious. 
It's like, yeah, no, that one is 1,300. The product is like 500. <laughs> oh, that one is 3,500. The product is 700. Oh, that one. Oh, that, that one is 2,000. The product he's selling at 2,000 is actually supposed to be five. So it would have been okay if he's overcharging the customers. But he had reached a point even where he was pricing the products at a loss to the company. And so, wow. and so then my mom sat down and obviously she's lamenting. She's like, I don't know what to do with this guy. I'm like, did you give him training? Communication, that was one example. It seems like a small thing um, on the surface. But when you actually take time to think about it, because there was lack of communication in training the employee on pricing, the company lost customers and probably the company also lost money. And so that's one example of a blunder. I think I also have one blunder mm-hmm. Tell me. when you're trying to be street smart. So mm-hmm. a customer asks me, what's your target audience? Mm-hmm. And so because I'm interested in winning the sale mm-hmm. at this particular time, the customer has a product mm-hmm. that is leaning towards the young people, mm-hmm. 18 mm-hmm. to 24. Mm-hmm. So I go ahead and say, yeah, my target audience is 18 to 24. <laughs> After a couple of months, he comes back and says, I have this other product. I don't know if it aligns <laughs> with the services. And I say, Remind me, what's your target audience? <laughs> now, understanding that he's looking for an older demographic, mm-hmm. I say, our target audience <laughs> is 24 to 25. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. And how did it end? Well, it says, give me time uh-huh. now to go back to the research. And he's asking a couple of people, uh-huh. do you think our product aligns? I'll say, no, you'll uh-huh. be making a mistake. So he comes back uh-huh. to me, I think you're not being honest with me. Uh-huh. And it means I'm losing money. Uh-huh. You should have been honest with me uh-huh. the very first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it becomes yeah. difficult dealing with some of these things yeah. because they would cost you the business for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Now we've looked at the blunders we've made, but yeah. for a successful sale that you've ever made, how did your communication skills play a role in sailing the big deal? Okay, I'll try to keep this one short, but it's a very long story. So I was, I was chasing a particular contract and the, we had done everything. The negotiations had been negotiating for like close to three months and mm. things were coming together. We had, the terms were to, made sense. Everything was okay. Now, and, I, and this is also a story to share about empathetic listening and also communicating how communication can help. So where two days leading up to the signing, I write a message to the, the decision maker. I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey bro, um, what's the, what's the plan? We, are we, are we going to meet? It was a Monday. I'm like, are we going to meet on Wednesday to sign the contract and everything? He's like, ah, I'll get back to you. Hit me up in the evening. I'm like, that's okay. That's odd. I was waiting for, I was expecting a yes, but Evening time, I, I call the guy. The guy is not responding. Tuesday, the next day, I try to hit the guy up. He's not responding. I write an email trying to confirm the engagement. He does not respond. I'm like, snap. I've lost, the, I've lost this contract. Hmm. But something in me is like, don't give up. So one week went by, and I got the, the, I got the bright idea. I'm like, why don't I take this guy out on a spa date? Literally, like I went, got two spa tickets for sauna, massage, steam, the whole works. Mm-hmm. I write a letter, I write an email to this guy. No, I wrote a, a WhatsApp. I'm like, and with a picture, and I'm like, hey, are you free this, this weekend? We decompress, not work related. Mm. Best believe 
you were telling me earlier a story of, of somebody you wrote a message to and there were two topics you were asking and one of the topics was money and they were the money one was ignored <laughs> people will not when it comes to money they will ignore you but when it comes to something that concerns them and benefits them they will respond so the exactly, guy yes. the guy responds he's like yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down so we went for the spa thing and we enjoyed ourselves and so i didn't talk about business i didn't bring up the contract i did nothing at all when we're in the sauna steam eh? hot in towels in that car room i'm like but bro our contract what's happening now because i could see like immediately i saw his facial um expression i realized that something had changed on his side mm-hmm. that was affecting his ability to move forward on the deal so immediately i said you know what if you don't want to talk about it now it's okay but Forget it, forget about it as a business transaction. You can tell me as a brother if there's mm. something that's up. Mm-hmm. The guy goes on to tell me that he's having he was having issues with his shareholders. That all of out of the blue, his shareholders had changed the terms of the arrangement. And he was stuck now with trying to figure that out that he couldn't take on any new business. Mm. And he told me, Ephraim, I still need your services, but I cannot make a decision on them now, at least when it comes to releasing money. Are you willing to take on the work on credit? Because I know this thing will be resolved and then you will get paid after. Mm-hmm. Last, in one of the episodes, we talked about how you don't give credit to friends. I actually did. Um, and it actually worked. This particular time, what he ended up doing was I told him, I'm like, okay, I can only take credit, but I will have to factor in the time cost of money, the time value. So I, I increased the price. Sure enough, we, did, we signed the contract, we did the transaction, and it was one of the, my, one, a very lucrative transaction for me. Mm. I won't say it was the most successful, but I think that was the one that communicates what communication can do and, and empathetic listening. Because immediately I took him out of his environment to an environment where he could be vulnerable with me. And then I asked him a very direct question and I read the, the signals. I realized that, okay, this is an opportunity for me to do something and offer him something that's different from what was originally on the table. I think what you're trying to allude to is what in my world I call relationship selling, mm-hmm. that craft the relationship, master it, mm-hmm. and then the sales could automatically now start coming your way. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I use this a lot for most of my bigger sales deals. Mm-hmm. It's the relationship. Actually, I don't like discussing the business. Mm. I like tapping into the relationship. The relationship. Yes, the truth. And so everywhere I move, I find my client mm. saying, oh, you are that side? Yeah. Remember, we never do business with logos. Yeah. We do business with people. Yeah, exactly. That's the truth, Jesse. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And so we're summarizing. Mm-hmm. Sales conversations, mm-hmm. they vary mm-hmm. widely. Mm-hmm. And so how do you adapt your communication style when dealing with different types of customers? You cannot say, here it will be a relationship. Some people are not yeah. interested in relationships. Yeah. Some people are just interested in premium service. If you have it, then they'll just have it. So how do you juggle through different types of so, know, communication? So, so cat- categorizing your customer. So determining the demographic. And that's something that people don't actually understand. So if you're going to have to do a lot of face-to-face negotiations, you need to know the kind of people you're dealing with. And you need to also understand what it is they need. There are those people who... Again, this is around the, the psychology of business where there's some people who just need a friend. And in that moment, 
or they need a business partner who can carry the load of doing the work they do with them mm. in that moment. You are, yes, you're sending them a product, but they need somebody who can embody that need in the moment. So just read the situation. But this can only come when you do your own research on your own customer. Mm. That's why I was trying to, we talked about it when it talked of the strategy and determining the who. Figure that out. Once you figure that out, it becomes very easy. Thank you so much, Ephraim. I yeah. would like to appreciate our listeners yeah. who are every week yeah. tuned into this broadcast. Yeah. We will be happy to come back. Yeah. This just been the starter on uh, touching the art of our sales communication. What you can do for us is, because we are here for you, is to share this podcast with somebody else yeah. to benefit and will surely appreciate. And subscribe to, to our social media channels. Did you put them up? Yeah, they are. Salty Africa. So that's S-A-L-T-E-E Africa. So on Instagram, on Twitter, um, what, are the, what other things are there? I think that's it. Well, oh, TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is coming soon and YouTube, by the way, as well. Subscribe and see Ephraim's beautiful face. <laughs> is it just mine? You'll see Jesse in the suit as well. well that's God bless you and uh, see you next week. Doctor, business, everything tech, and Rwanda's green agenda, Saturdays at 10 a.m.